Mike, turn your games down. Hi, welcome to another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilberton. And who's making a movie based on a franchise that isn't based on the franchise and has a name for no good reason with me tonight? I'm Joe Butler, and you have ghosts in your blood. You should do magic about it. And this is Richard Sampson from the Rich Kale YouTube channel and various other fun episodes like, uh, what are some of those other fun ones? Tomb Raider, all those Tomb Raider ones, Eternal Darkness, and uh, what other ones are there? Something about an assassin. That well, that should be. I don't know if that'll be. Uh, yeah, I'll be up right now. <laughs> yeah. Depending on when I release this. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time paradox, Snake. <laughs> so we are here to talk about a, a movie that I had no intention of covering recently. Like a long time ago, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, we should do this. But then it wasn't on any streaming services, and I couldn't convince the original cast to go out and buy it. And so I kind of forgot about this movie. I moved on, and then all of a sudden, and then. Due to circumstances, I was like, hey, I got a free Saturday night to record. My wife's at work. And Joe was like, well, we could do this. And here we are. Yeah. And when you look and when you look for volunteers, I'm like, I volunteer for tribute. So we are here for those that didn't read the (laughs) if you didn't see the title, I want to make sure I say it. We are going to we are here to talk about Final Fantasy, the spirits within the movie that almost bankrupted a company. (laughs) Well, it bankrupted the the American division, but... Yeah, it almost killed Squaresoft. It got rid of their surprising movie company that is only featured in, I think, this movie. Yep. Yeah. Although, (laughs) I do think I swear... I think there was something about the Animatrix, though. Yeah, they did have something to do with the Animatrix, too, yeah. I think the final flight of the Osiris or something. And probably whatever whoever made the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children movie. That's probably the same people, too. Yes, but this division was completely, utterly shut down. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. No, I agree, because I, I like what this was. Oh, so this came out in 2001, directed by Saku- Hiromu Sakuguchi, the guy that started Final Fantasy, and that's something that has to be said right there. And this was the one and only movie he directed, because <laughs> so, this movie bombed terribly. Well, they spent too much money. That's just the simpleness of it. They spent way too much money on this movie. I know why they spent too much money. Richard, do you know why they spent too much money? Why did they spend? How did they spend too much money? So uh, one of my favorite and only facts that I absolutely know about this movie, and I think it's the fucking funniest thing of all time, is the main character of this movie is not played by an actress. She is her own original (laughs) actress. Yep. That's I mean, there is a voice, but the idea. Yeah, I know it. There's a voice. She was she was voiced in a, the well, the one we got. Well, with the voice cast, we got a star in other movies. Yeah, you sort of blanked out on me there, Mike. Mingna Wen was yeah, the voice. Yeah, She's who played Mulan or voiced Mulan. Oh, that's but, why her voice sounds familiar. Yeah. The fact that like, well, one, they built a studio for this movie, which cost them like 80, 90 million. I don't think that even includes the budget of this movie. Yeah. they also got a bunch of like really high-end actors for this movie and i'm honestly surprised same i don't understand why it's so weird i think that might be part of the marketing for it to get some of the american audiences to come in i mean you had alec baldwin as gray you had donald sutherland as dr sid and this this definitely makes it a final fantasy there's sid (laughs) <laughs> but he spelled with an S, not a C, so not Final Fantasy. Strike one about this stupid about this movie. It's a it's a Sid regardless. 
Every Final <laughs> Fantasy has a Sid. But also that, Final Fantasies don't take place on Earth, usually, ever. And that is also an argument. That was also another argument why some people didn't like it. Could. But when you think about it, how long does it take to pay a Final Fantasy game? Oh, uh, yeah. But they could have, like, it's one of those things, like, I saw this in theaters the day it came out, or at least that weekend. I was super excited. I remember going to see this in theaters, and I remember being upset because, I mean, I was a big Final Fantasy fan, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do. And I saw the trailer, and I'm like, well, this is weird. Where, where's the Final Fantasy stuff? And I kept thinking, okay, there's going to be Final Fantasy. And then this really just follows the idea that Final Fantasy is just a, a name, you know, as meaning made by them, and it doesn't have the stuff that we expected. And I think that was one of my biggest problems with this movie as a kid, that it didn't have what I wanted. Mm. I have a weird story for this movie, too. I I really wanted to watch this movie, but no one I knew wanted to see it. Now, this movie came out in 2001, so I would have been like eight or nine when it came out. And it, it's one of the things where like it's really hard as a kid to convince your parents to go see like movies that they won't understand. You know, one of the obvious things mm-hmm. that most kids have. So I bought it on pay-per-view without my grandparents knowing. And I got so freaked out, I did not watch it. And, but they never found out, so... <laughs> Well, considering when this movie came out, they did aim for at least a decent time to get audiences in. It was Fourth of July weekend. Oh, weird! That's always been a good time for a certain, for a good deal of movies. Well, also, this came out after Final Fantasy IX had already came out, and Final Fantasy X was a few months away from coming out. Mm. Like you know, Final Fantasy had the hype. You had great games. I mean. Like in the trailers, we saw this is a futuristic movie, you know, that it takes place in 2065. Maybe we didn't see the trailers, but we saw futuristic. I'm like, okay, you know, eight had some futuristic and some fantasy to it, so I was okay with that. But this is nothing like what I expected, and I think that's the biggest thing of this movie is that this movie tried to play to so many different audiences, and in the end, it it missed its target. I like to think this movie also proves Square Enix can really make a survival horror game, and they just choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll agree with that, because the the plot and the premise of this movie, like, this movie was tough to watch. Not because, I mean, this movie's still beautiful. I mean, I was not, I yeah. mean, I was playing, I was playing Marvel Snap when I watched this last night. But I don't <laughs> like the depressionness of this movie and how, and that's just a me thing, how bad shit gets for the characters. Well, well, let's be honest. It's never easy for the characters in Final Fantasy. It is never easy. I mean, let's face it, Final Fantasy VII. Worst Tifa faces execution. Cloud almost dies in literally in the live stream. You Fair, could but... find you could find grim stuff in almost every Final Fantasy. Yes, but this being a film, films bother me more, and that's a me thing. That's not a like all oh, the movies shouldn't. You know, it's a me thing where it bothers me when movies are like that. It's just well, one of those things with me. I can't really explain it. Yeah. Well, if you have a world world ending scenario here and you've got to save the world it can't necessarily be all peaches and cream no and i, <laughs> and I get that and i i can i don't have a problem with that part of the movie it's just a a thing for me in movies in general yeah and this game this movie also featured a you could find elements in some of the even the best-selling final fantasy games in this movie i mean the live stream in Final Fantasy VII, Gaia in this, it's pretty much the same concept. It's weird that it did some of the stuff it did. Yes, and I, I know that they there's one of the criticisms that's on Earth. And to be honest, while the planet fi- every Final Fantasy game takes place on is never distinctly named. No, but it's never 
it's never Earth. There's no New York. There's no San Francisco. And those are some of the problems with this. Yeah. But is that there's too much other stuff. And that's what didn't work for me. Yeah. Well, if you look, and I'm not, we haven't gotten even to the movie yet here. So that's fine. We're doing this differently. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at even Final Fantasy IV, the planet has two moons, but one of them's not, I think, supposed to be a real moon. I Something don't. like that. I, I could be wrong about that. But it's just, I mean, it's okay. I think the problem for me wasn't so much that it was a futuristic, but again, I don't like the fact that it's Earth. I don't like the fact that there's no fantasy in my Final Fantasy movie. It's a science fiction. I mean, to go with Joe said, I mean, it's almost like a horror movie at times. Like, what they're going through is fucking... I mean, there's one line in this movie that I have to bring up that it really resonated with me. It didn't resonate with me back when I saw him as a kid, but now I'm like, the part where he's like, oh, my family died in San Francisco. He's like, can you imagine just you know, watching people around you just drop dead and you don't even know why. And then feeling like, a, you know, feeling it happened to you, too. And I'm just like, fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's actually oh, it, why hit me. it hit me, too, a lot more than it would have hit me back when I first saw the film. Yeah. And, and I of think, course, that's personal reasons for me. Yeah. And no, I know exactly what you, what you mean. And, and that, I think that was something that I didn't like. I didn't expect in any shape or form. And I was kind of thrown off of to, to really put it like i mean and, and to go along with what joe said again like joe's right like this could be a horror movie in a sense or a horror video game like you could make a survival horror based in this version of earth and it would it would work just fine like resident evil takes place in earth no issue yeah. like that would work perfectly it, it almost feels like they actually had like there are someone from like america square Enix was probably like that where this this movie was probably like a very original idea and they wanted to make a movie but Someone from Square from Square America was like, "No, just slap the Final Fantasy name on it." Why? No, just just do it. it you know, because people won't watch it if they think y'all just made a movie in general. And you've got actually a valid point because that did work for some titles. The Saga mm-hmm. franchise on the Game Boy—they called it Final <laughs> Fantasy Legends—the first Mana game. No, you're not Final wrong Fantasy at all. Adventure. So they've done it before, and it doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. I mean, but like I said. It being set on Earth, while the planet's never exactly named in any game that the the Final Fantasy games have had. Oh, there's tons of hinting that it's Earth, especially in Seven, when Sephiroth uses his supernova attack. It's like Jupiter, Mars. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with you, but it's just not the same, and it doesn't hit me the way that this hit me, and it kind of like bothers me a little bit in this movie. I don't know. I mean, the movie still for Twee Solves in 2023, this movie still looks beautiful. Like I that animation is still spot on, you know, yes. 20 yes. some years later. Still good. And my do- and my my teenager, I got I'm I'm trying to be more <laughs> using of preferred pronouns and terms with them. <laughs> Regardless, I'll still see them as my little girl. Yes, so, but, yes. but they pointed it, out that looks almost that looks Almost exactly like Arcane, the recent show that was, I think, on Netflix. Yeah, it is. I have not watched it, but that's a really good show. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen it either. They've watched it in its entirety. But that sort of, you know, I said, and this came out in 2001. So we finally got to the point where what we saw in 2001 became very feasible. I have a funny question for you guys. It's also a very deep cut. What's that? How did you guys watch this? Because I may or may not have watched this on my on my tasty plasma screen TV and Blu-ray player. 
I bought a I bought the Blu-ray from Amazon and I watched it on my fifty inch or so TV. Yeah, just put in the D. I have the DVD. Put the DVD player in the DVD. Well, it's a Blu-ray player out there. There's I watched a... it on our on on the still big screen TV out there or relatively sized TV nowadays. <laughs> the last time this movie was referenced is in an Easter egg in Life is Strange. Yes. I forgot about that, but when I was looking on the internet, I saw that. Yeah, that, that's the joke. She, what is it? She walks in, she's like, oh, what a cool plasma screen TV. I hope I can watch Final Fantasy Spirits Within on it. I love that. I love that joke because, one, I mean, again, Square made the movie, Square made this, so, it, you know, it's humorous in that aspect. But at the same time, I mean, it's also, you know, it's a good film. Yeah, it is yeah. a very good film. It's a shame that it got basically slammed, and part of that is because... We're still, even back then, we have such high expectations for any video game-related movie. And the trick is, has always been, if you make it too close to the product, it's predictable. But if you stray too far from the source material, people (laughs) do not like it. The only movie of recent years that has managed to get the combination right has been the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first yeah. Mortal Kombat got it right. Yeah. And hopefully by the time people are hearing this, the Mario movie got it right too. That comes out. We're recording this April first, twenty twenty three, and Mario comes out very soon. So hopefully Mario will get it right too. Yeah. It's. It could be though that we have reached the time that we've got the right technology to do them right. Well, also the right people that understand. Like you, you, you know, you can't just be like, oh, we'll just call a. We'll just get you bold to direct this movie. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I've seen a bunch of those terrible fucking movies. Oh, I actually God. only have one of his video game based movies that's alone in the dark. Terrible. Yeah, it's not the best. It's not the worst that he's done. No, but that's that's still saying something right there. That is not the worst. But whew, still bad. So I, I recommended this movie to Mike, which is why the reason we're doing it. I want you to know. Be happy, Mike, because uh, this was my husband's idea. My idea was House of the Dead. And since you said that, I'm glad that we picked this. <laughs> I might have. I want to say I might have vetoed that, but I would not have wanted to buy that movie. And I don't know if it's streaming. That's a good question, too. I need to let me check that real quick. I mean, I'm sure it's streaming in some places, but it's a bad movie, though. Yeah. Oh, God, it's fucking awful. But like this movie, like it was kind. So we should talk about the the premise of this movie or the whole idea is that Earth, it's 2065 in 2030 something or somewhere around there. 2030, an asteroid hits Earth. Aliens come out and they start invading the Earth. And apparent they're called phantoms and they're they're essentially invisible, but they grab your spirit and murder you that. So you just dr- and then they invent technologies. They made barrier cities. So everything else that isn't in the barrier cities is just waste. A wasted place and that's the whole idea yeah. of this world that you're in and the idea of the character you're following of what her, aki her whole thing is that she's trying to find the spirit <laughs> within to create an antidote to like cure the phantom issue because people yes. get infected and they then they die yeah and that is that's a good way to start i mean you even open it up she's having a dream yeah i mean it, it's and it, it like, doesn't make sense because, again, you don't know what's happening. Yeah, you don't know what's happening, and that's part of why they give the dream. She's trying to figure out her dream, hence why she has the that they have the technology to record dreams. 
I'd love that. I'd love to make sense <laughs> of some of my dreams. Oh, hey, there was an idiot out there who was trying to sell, or I shouldn't say he was an idiot because he was trying to sell that we had technology to record people's dreams, and he got tons of investors. And then he, guess what? He didn't have it. <laughs> so, yeah. He had their money. <laughs> he had their money, yeah. So then I think, hey, but his company went nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But if yes. it was ever just something to begin with. <laughs> no, it wasn't. He was just, had an idea. Yeah, but she, uh, she then comes down to old New York. Not New this York. is interesting. And it's also an interesting take to take New York to take a city that, you know, a very well-known city, probably anywhere you are in this, anywhere you are in the world. Like New York is one of those cities that I feel like everybody's going to know. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, that, and I think that works well. And it, it, it introduces you very quickly to the, the problems and how dangerous of a society that they're, I mean, how dangerous the world is, I should say, not society. Yes. And it shows also it gives uh, that it can give that dungeon crawling feel that's in all Final Fantasy games when you enter a dungeon. Because <laughs> she is seeking, let's see, she is seeking the sixth spirit. I Which think. doesn't make any sense to you. And, and I still don't really understand what was going on in this movie. Okay. It makes sense. It yeah. made sense to me. I don't think the only thing I didn't get was the. Uh, the spirit thing, like they, because they had to find like what, like eight of them, eight yes. of them. Yeah, you see her go into this town, and you see probably one of my stu- favorite stupidest Easter eggs of all time. There is a big ass Pepsi sign. Okay, I'm all right with that. <laughs> Advertisements don't bother me when they fit. She's in New York. She's in a big city. There's a big sign advertising pop or soda, depending on what part of the country you're listening to this episode. I'm okay with it because it fits the terrain, it fits the time, it fits what we're doing, so it doesn't yeah. bother me in the slightest. But yeah, and that, that's how I look at it. I don't mind yeah. product placement as long as the product placement is something brief like that where it fits the world that you're in because there would be stuff like that. Yeah, and it does give somewhat of an accurate portrayal of what would have happened to a city like New York if it's left uninhabited for about a couple decades. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, the whole life. I saw that. I saw that show on History Channel. World I also World don't Life understand Africa. what she was. Tr- like, I know her whole thing. OK, I got to go get the spirit and this and that. But it's like, you're fucking dead. <laughs> like, this is not a safe place to go. You don't have anything to distract the monsters that are that are going to be hunting you. Like, you're done. not going to be OK. I think that's why she was also launching those things up into the air, too. Oh, I guess that was probably distract them, or was that for she to distract them and so she could see them? Yeah. Okay. Movie's confusing sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And here it was the the sixth spirit was a plant. I I did like that. Like I the I mean the the idea with the spirits is cool. I mean there's interesting aspects of it. Like also the idea with you know the main villain James Woods. You know because James Wood plays a villain. Who would have guessed? (laughs) (laughs) He's a dumb villain, I think, but it works. Well, we can talk about his, his his villain a little bit later. I mean, I like his motivation. I just don't like the final part. We'll get to that later. What happens? Yeah. But there's some. I mean, the idea with the phantoms, like these these creatures that just you know take your spirit and like they have weapons to fight them, but the weapons are like really pretty useless in my opinion. Like they kill some, but they're pretty damn useless in the, in the grand scheme of things. They are effective because of the very technology that Dr. Sid came up with that makes the barriers, the weapons. It uses a basically a life force. Yeah, but it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, you, you see them when they fight these things. I mean, some they can take out like the small ones, but when they fight the large like creatures, they, they, they can't. They cannot. They don't know what to do. 
Because they're the bigger creatures. <laughs> they got more well, mass. Yes, but the way that it just pigeonholes them, I, I thought was also kind of impressive how badly they, you know, like they cannot handle them. And the idea that, sure, you can fly through it, but you're going to be dead. Your ship will be fine, but you'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so. Well, I, I also like the, the whole premise of the show, or not show, movie. The whole premise of the idea, too, that this has only been going on for a decade. So, of course, they don't have weapons that can completely kill these things off. I thought and, it was longer than that. Well, he the the way because we get into James Woods, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but we get into James Woods backstory. I don't know if they were already in a barrier and the barrier went down or because the way he made it sound like is that what that's when the meteor fell is when his family was killed. OK, I thought that was later. I thought he made a comment about the barrier fell and that's when his family was killed. Well, I'm no, probably I, wrong. No, I think you're more on the right note because we do not know. We have not been give, He doesn't give an exact time reference of when his family was killed. Okay. We don't necessarily get an idea of how old his character is. Now, if we look at him that he got married young, had a child while he was still in his 20s, he would be 30 years later, he'd be in his 50s. And with that kind of trauma, <laughs> yes, it makes, We're analyzing it, it, this it more makes than they did. sense. <laughs> and this is also why, and I will delve more onto him later when we talk about later, because like I said, Watching it now, as watching it back when it came out, it has given me, given what's happened, has happened in my life over the years. And you're a parent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you weren't a parent 20 a years ago, because your daughter, you're, you're, she's not that old. So. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't even met, I wasn't even married. I didn't, hadn't even met my wife until about, oh, let's see, about almost a year after this movie was released. Okay, and that, I mean, that does change things, too. Being married, being a parent really changed. I think also changes, like, anytime you see, you know, a darker thing. Like, for quick, quick segue, not segue, but example, Under the Skin. There's a scene in that movie with a baby that, if you're a parent, yeah, just keep going. You don't need to watch this thing. But it makes sense in the context of the movie, but that's one of those things where it's, like, it's, it's hard. And you can listen to that review. But, like, another thing about this movie, like, the idea with the phantoms and how vicious they are. Like, one part, I think they go to, what, Denver, is it? They go to or Colorado, they go and to Ruins. The yeah, the wasteland, Denver wasteland. I think, and I it. think, I think that's also impressive. And they make a comment like, "Yeah, this is supposed to be the final." I think this is where they say this is going to be another one of the like, this is going to be the war, the the battle that ends the war, and there's just dead bodies everywhere because it failed mm-hmm. again. Yeah, I think I think one of the guys makes a comment that like, "Oh yeah, my dad somewhere's around here." Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Bing Rames's character. God, I still can't get over the voice cast. Keith David's in this too, which made me laugh. He's one of the oh, council yeah. members. Like, He's such I, a all I could think of was <laughs> what. God, all of my my in Jurassic Park, what he would say, we spared no expense. Cause that's essentially what happened. Yeah. No, you know what's fucking jarring is seeing like a hunky man and seeing Alec Baldwin's weird voice come out of it. That's the weird part of this movie. <laughs> and that they also made him like they also made him like the love interest, just completely irrational. <laughs> he looks like Ben Affleck too. Yeah, I keep thinking it was supposed to be Ben Affleck at first. I'm like, this looks like Ben Affleck. Well, they. They did the weird thing that we don't do, that we do nowadays, and I say that because I just got done playing, uh, I, I played a lot of the Resident Evil games, the, the current ones too, where they get the voice actors to look like the character models, so it isn't that jarring to have someone's completely different voice coming out of someone else's body. Yeah, but when you think about it, how many characters that sound the same because certain voice actors can't necessarily do much variety in their voice? I mean, let's face it. Voice of Dr. Facilier, the voice of the councilman there. He's also the voice of Goliath, the voice of Spawn. <laughs> no difference! 
Yeah, I mean that's that's normal. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you find out he has a good singing voice. So, <laughs> <laughs> like the idea, like throughout this movie goes, like the tension is always high. Like early on when they rescue Aki, you have a scene where they almost get murdered because one yeah. of or one of them gets infected with the phantom and you like the surgery. Like every, yep, throughout this right. entire movie, the stakes are always so fucking high. And I thought that was something that was kind of impressive to me in a sense. Oh, yes. I'm like, cause they're always in danger. Like there is never a point <laughs> where things are really calm in this movie. Well, let's face it. And that's part, they add the surgery scene to help illustrate the later point. He has ghosts in his blood. Yeah, he had the, 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 the phantom was in him, and Aki was able to basically hunt it down, wipe it out before the buzzer went to too late. There is a funny part to that, where how she just bypasses the door because she doesn't want to get scanned. She's like, oh, I have permission, and just bypasses it. And the fact is, like, because they kind of talk about, we're like, yeah, we, we got to get this guy out of, we, we got to get this guy to medical. We can't do surgery now because it could spread and it will break open the shield. Yet, <laughs> like, she just presses a button and walks through the door, like, you know, somebody was just like, fuck you, everyone. You just go, and then everyone's dead. Well, that's the reason why she has the clearance, because she's already has it in her. Yeah, but I just, I just found it hilarious how she just, how how she did that. I have another thing that may actually make more sense later on, but I want to put like this weird, like moment of the movie up in the air for like a little bit. So, (laughs) yeah. I got the movie playing in the background so I can see when all the beats are at. So he gets he gets his surgery done and we're kind of introduced to Dr. Sid. Yes. But Dr. Sid with an S. Dr. Sid with an S. Voiced by Donald Sutherland. I thought that was an, another. We spared no expense. Because Donald Sutherland wasn't, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's a well-known actor at this time, too. Like, I mean, they just, the money they, oh, I mean, I know the money they spent on this movie. I, I can see it online. Like, my God. Yeah, which is why it was the biggest box office bust. <laughs> until treasure planet <laughs> the only difference is disney could eat it <laughs> well treasure planet Maybe came not out now but <laughs> oh not this year but yeah not treasure planet yep. did come out in 2001 okay so the, atlantis came out the same year oh. so i was looking up animated movies that came out this year to kind of compare budgets like atlantis i don't think did good either and that was a night the budget was 90 to 120 million where the budget for this movie was 137 million just kind of give you an idea of what they spent. I could have sworn Atlantis came out when I was in college, but hey, isn't there I wasn't a sequel? Sure. I yeah, I yes. think there was a sequel, but this wasn't it. Okay, I've never, I've never seen it. I've seen parts of it, but never watched the whole movie. Yeah, but that's another thing. Okay. Also, Shrek came out the same year too, and Shrek had a much smaller budget of only sixty million. Mm. Monster Inc. came out that year. Was also a smaller budget, one hundred fifteen million, but not like Shrek. Yeah, but Pixar always already was running on its uh, success. Yeah, they very rarely that. had a bad movie. I, I guess what really surprised me with this movie in this watch is just how much I like, you know, like one of the other, like just the actors that they have and how much it kind of like hit me. Like they're in a depressed world. They go out in wastelands. Everything's depressing. Everything's brown. I know that was one of the complaints people had. Was that all, you know, because it's a a post-apocalyptic movie. So it fits that style that everything's dead. There is no light. And it works for the film. It's just like, I just couldn't get over how. And now that Joe said the freaking survival horror thing, like, I want to see a survival horror game set in this world now. It would be good. You can't shoot the phantoms. You're mostly just trying to run. You got to find items to distract them. Like, it would work. 
congratulations, Mike. You just described Death Stranding. I have Death Stranding, by the way, and I want to play it one day. But there you it's go. Long. Also, well, I uh, mean, let's face it. The movie was Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars, which is impressive. Like, yes. I mean, this is not a bad film. It does not deserve the rap that it has. Yeah, because it is a very interesting movie. It still looks good. I mean, the story progress. I mean, it's a little confusing. Like, I didn't really know what was going on half the damn time. Like, I didn't understand because my wife kept asking me questions. I'm like, I don't even know. Just watch the movie. <laughs> like, I got she was just playing. She was just playing Switch at one point. She didn't care. And I was like, I just got to watch it for the show. Like, I'm sitting there playing Marvel Snap, you know, watching the movie. But like, all the characters, everything looks good. Yes. You it know, was. it's just. I also, I just had a hard, I had a hard time with some of like the pressing aspects of it, of the fact that like. Especially yeah. at one point, um, your main villain, because he's trying to he has a giant cannon he wants to launch and they won't the console members won't give him permission to, you know, fire on on the asteroid. Yeah. And so he decides, OK, we're going to create a problem. So that way we have an excuse to, you know, to give us power, which, again, it works if you ask history. I mean, the right stag building didn't wasn't lit on fire by a communist. I guarantee you that. So, mm-hmm. well, let's I mean, as we get to that meeting. I mean, we have the meeting where they are arguing, you know, talking about it. And this is where Sid is basically explaining the wave canceling, which is why they're seeking the eight spirits. That's the whole thing. They need they had it to contain, contain and then wipe out. Sid also has a moment because I got in the background kind of following the beats of it. Yeah, they say that the, the phantoms have been on Earth for 34 years. So, I mean, it's been a while they've been living with this and like, you you know, I mean, throughout the movie, you see multiple parts where they tried to, you know, fight and how well that worked out. Yeah. And again, uh, General, let's see if I can find, I have the, the James Wikipedia Woods agent. No, it's James Woods. I'm one of the characters. <laughs> it's just, James. just funny how he always plays a villain, doesn't he? General Everything. Douglas Hine. And he wants to use the Zeus cannon. And it is, he wants to succeed. I swear sometimes he wants to succeed regardless the cost, <laughs> which is why. Well, he's stupid. Uh, he's the government. I'll argue that one a little later. He <laughs> wants to use the Zeus cannon to basically blast the source, which whenever we're dealing with something, even in games, the thing is to get rid of the source. Yes. And I had, I had thought that when I saw this movie years ago, at some point, part of the reasoning for them not to use the cannon was that. The energy they had, you know, they had figured out that the energy would make them grow faster. But as we watch this movie, I find out that's not the case. Their whole thing in that meeting is, hey, we're looking for these spirits. So don't shoot the cannon yet. Fund us instead, essentially. Well, the key (laughs) argument is comes with why we saw the surgery. You see, you try and blast this when they try and get rid of them in the surgery. There's always that one that burrows in deeper. And hence, if you blast the meteor. With the Zeus cannon, you can't guarantee not uh, 100% destruction. You can't des- can't get 100%. Yeah, I I think the other thing, too, is with it, the Zeus cannon as well, is that they're basically shooting a big cannon at Earth anyways. So the idea is, what's to keep us from accidentally splitting the fucking Earth in half? That's another point. But they don't I use mean, that. They use it as, you're going to hurt Gaia, the spirit inside Earth, and... It's like he could have just said, you're going to split the fucking planet we're on in half. Like, <laughs> yes, and that might have worked noticed, better. But you notice that Sid didn't even want to say that at first. He did not no. want to mention Gaia. Because he was smart enough. Exactly how it was. And he knew <laughs> that this might not be the smartest thing to say. Yeah, which is why he avoided saying it. 
But then when you had, of course, he wants Woods. Uh, Hein wants proof. He wants proof. Where's the proof? <laughs> to which she shows she's the proof. Yeah, and that was an interest. That's an interesting moment too. It really yeah. is. You could suspect. I mean, it explains why does she have the pass to get through without being scanned? There you go. She's in the government. <laughs> no, because she knows what the scan's going to come uh, come out. She has the pass, so she doesn't have to get scanned because this is going to raise even more questions. <laughs> well, you can see it; have her locked up immediately. Yeah, but so, uh, I mean, there's that right showing, there. But by showing herself that this is working to a degree, it shows proof that Sid's idea can work. Fair. Yeah, but it also takes it will raise questions in the skeptical minds too. How do we know she's doing what she's doing is her choice or the phantom inside her influencing her? Which, God, did that feel like a government excuse to throw somebody in prison that doesn't agree with you? If I were. <laughs> yeah, but and that's part of why when he wasn't came, wrong, like mm-hmm. that's the legit way you should, you know, reacting when somebody that has a lot of power is being manipulated. Like, you know, let's just say somebody was in touch with a third-party government like you wouldn't want that person in power because they could be you know getting influenced by other things that's why like yeah and again same thing with this that's i'm gonna leave it at <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so. that's why when when gray's team is to escort aki on her next run for the seventh spirit he insists that some of their men go with them and should she show any signs well I like how they say arrest her, not just kill her, because it technically yeah. probably just would be put a gun in, you know, put a bullet in her. For and and yeah, the the bullet shot <laughs> didn't help her later on, but it just goes to prove the point of how you react in a life or death situation. Oh yeah, you don't always have time to think. She no, and I, I did the- I did find it funny that all the guards that they send all had <laughs> no, you couldn't see their face. And they were Richard. Yeah, I was like, that is, okay, I'm like, that's, and then you, in the same part, all the other characters, you can only see their face. Like, they all have different masks on that aren't as detailed as the ones that came before, and I thought that was hilarious. I had to, I had to do a double take there, Joe. I thought for a minute, you said my name, and I'm like, oh no, he said red shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. That is a fair day. I super like the like armor that they also give. His team has some kind of silly name too, like the stray eyes or something like that. It's something's really stupid. It's a little silly. I like the whole design. Like I, I like them with the helmets on. And I think when I first watched this movie, I thought that the helmets they put on the second one were a little silly. But whenever I watch this now, they kind of look like skulls. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'll give them that at least. <laughs> and their team name was Deep Eyes. Deep Eyes. There we go. It's just a weird. It's weird. It's a weird name. <laughs> I, didn't, oh, and I, I didn't understand this movie. I gotta correct myself. I said July second. It actually came out in one theater, Man Bruins Theater, July second. July eleventh, it came out all over in the United States. Okay, that's still either yeah. way. It came out before September, and that's all that matters. Very true. I didn't even think about that. It, yeah, two thousand one. <laughs> I've also realized that I can't, like, I watch a lot of documentaries, and I can't watch a documentary about the Twin Towers. It's just, I'm like, nope, I just can't do it. It's pretty depressing. It's hard, because, it, like, you know, we, I mean, I wasn't there. I was in Wisconsin when it happened. You know, I was a kid in middle school, but it's just something that, yeah, sticks with. But I like, was 
let's see, it's, I was working as a computer programmer. I had taken that day off to take two cars in for inspection. And when it all happened, my father, he worked a 3 to 11 shift. He would wake up around 11 o'clock. And I, was like, I said, don't try watching anything, especially from <laughs> New York. So two, two planes crashed into the Twin Towers. They went down. And he was like, are you shitting me? I think if this movie had planned to come out afterwards, I don't think it would have came to America. Because usually a lot of movies or stuff where it was like, like especially something with like New York, they were like, you either got to cut it or your movie's not coming out for a hop. Yeah, no, that that's completely fair. Because this takes, you know, they go, they're in New York. What's, you know, the, the ruins of New York. They're in. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't have happened. That would have been pushing it if it came out at that time. I mean, a lot of stuff had to be reworked to remove the Twin Towers from it at that time. Yeah, so we wouldn't have gotten this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I was watching Disney movies. I was watching Oliver and Company last night, and that has a big shot of Twin Towers. Now I think it was just, oh. (laughs) For the time it was set in, it works. Yeah, it came out in the 90s, so it was fine. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, but let's see. We're back. So now, of course, they are heading up. You know, she's doing the search. Ray goes to talk with her while she's doing the search. And Steve Buscemi's character and Ving Rhames' character is... Having Steve Buscemi in this is also weird to me. Because his character's hot? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not a weirdo. Like, it's just... I'm like, why Steve Buscemi of all the actors? Like... But I guess he might have been. He was probably big at this point, right? Somewhat, yeah. What's that movie where they fly into space and shoot down an asteroid? Oh, Armageddon. Yeah, there you go. See, that's why. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. I've actually well, never seen that movie all Bush- the way through. Buscemi still has work today. I mean, he's he was doing the all the Hotel Transylvania movies. I sometimes forget Steve Buscemi's still alive in that concern. <laughs> yeah, he, vo- he, vo- he voices <laughs> Wayne in it, the werewolf. He's a oh, yeah, guy. he does. Weird, weird guy. <laughs> he, he fits with that too. Yeah, it's fine. And even I the mean, dialogue like, in this movie is fine. Like, I didn't have any issue with the dialogue. I didn't have any issues with like the bantering between the soldiers. And you have the love of, you know, you have the fact that Al- Alec Baldwin's character and Aki by Ming Na Wen were in a relationship, and then she came cold to him because she was infected. Like, I thought all that was like, okay, this is all like makes sense. It's good. Like, I didn't have any issues with anything. It there. was a bit of normalcy in an abnormal situation. Yeah. There, I mean, there's like, would soldiers banter like that? Would soldiers pull stuff like that to help or to help their captain? <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> yeah, even though it was dumb, but yeah. There, there's like two lines of dialogue I have that are that have issues with the movie. And one we'll talk about later because it's very story. It's very story portent. Mm-hmm. But whenever they're 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 captured and like the alarms going off and it's like please exit to your near or please go to your nearest exit and steve buscemi character goes guys i think we should go to the nearest exit it's like well no shit okay, <laughs> okay I, movie. Funny. I found it funny because it fits the character <laughs> in a, a fucking because i could see myself doing that to ease, to ease tension or something because that's why he yeah, does it ease, that's, like that it. is why people do it they the humor is to ease the tension of a bad situation i mean let's face it did doctors in a mass unit crack jokes? Yes. It was the only <laughs> way to keep them from going insane. It was the only way they could just keep their sanity. I mean, you're patching people up only to get slaughtered again. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, okay, this is interesting, though. Yeah. And, of course, this is also where you learn how the other spirits were found. 
And I do like how, like, she didn't want to talk about the one that was, you know, yeah. in, that, but like, it was good how they did it. They're all very different. They're all in different situations, you know, and then like kind of hiding that, you know, she has, you know, because she, she doesn't really want, you know, she doesn't really want to talk about what she has inside of her. So, yeah, I got infected. All I could think of was Last of Us. Like, this really made me think of Last of Us. <laughs> and she's, and I, I could understand her not wanting to mention the fifth spirit because let's face it, what adult wants to talk about a child who's going to die and the child is okay with it. Well, I mean, it also fits the world that they're in. Yeah. So I, but I, like in that case, I was like, okay, this may, like you're, you're doing a good job of making this world, you know, fit and really work for what it was. And I thought that was interesting. Like, again, this movie's fucking depressing. Cause like shortly after they get arrested and like when they're escaping the plant, escaping the city, cause the fucking dumbass let go of the barrier. Cause he's like, we kind of mentioned earlier, like, he's like, I need an excuse to fire my cannon. Let's open a barrier, just one spot, and we'll contain yeah. it. And then all shit breaks loose. He's like, well, fuck, let's go. <laughs> well, let's rewind a little bit, because we should say about how it all fe- how that all played out, that she got, or that they all got arrested. I mean, they go to the, cr- they go to the wasteland, and they find where the seventh spirit is. It's in a biocell, which works, because... These cells live on life energy, our life energy. The life stream. I'm saying the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, the Ga- Gaia, life stream. So it makes sense that this is going to be your seventh spirit because you've covered like animals, people, plants, fish, I think, even a bird. It makes sense that to the very stuff that you've created to fight these things has a life source of its own. Would it technically be like electricity? Yes. No, because I'm, I'm not sure because electricity needs a circuit to be complete to move. Uh, yeah, it's in a it's in a big battery though, so I guess it would it brings things to life. I guess. Yeah, and of course during that time she starts because it's getting stronger. The spirit in her, the phantom in her, which is also part why she they needed to get the seventh spirit as quickly as possible. She knows she's on a clock. Well, yeah, and they're worried about their funding being shut down too, which is yeah. Very realistic. <laughs> and so, you know, they rush to get them back in. Now, of course, it's uh, oh, plot armor was used here. Only <laughs> only the people loyal to Hine were the ones who were losing their lives. God, that, also, that's a good scene. Yeah. And you also see how big some of these phantoms are. Oh, yeah, they're massive creatures. That, exactly. I mean, and, and you and can't see point. them either. Yeah. But it goes to prove another point that, you know, gets mentioned a little bit later. Now, she's, of course, she's collapsing into a coma or a dream state or what. She can't really run. That's my thought. They get onto the ship. And, of course, Heinz men are like, that's it. We're in charge now. You're under arrest. Realistic. Yeah. Of course, not the pilot right now. He's too busy trying to get your asses out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fair. And then when she comes to out of that, the guy reacts. And his reaction is split second and understandable. Get me the fuck out of here. That's what it should be. He he is startled. <laughs> He's got his hand on the gun trigger because any of you move, I'm shooting. Boom. He saw movement. He shot. And it hit the very device trying to keep the damn spirit, in te- you know, to keep the phantom in- contained. And then she goes out again. So now they've got to get, you know, get her back. The only way to help her is to get that seventh spirit. Put in her right now. 
or as soon as they get there. And, of course, we're flying wi- willy-nilly trying to avoid getting hit by this big, massive thingy. <laughs> well, it doesn't work out super well, but yeah. Well, it doesn't work out for, for Heinz men. No, they get they, they get taken out. I did find yeah. it funny that like, they get grabbed, but the other ones are avoided because they get in pot armor. Yeah, the one, the one, then the one that was holding the guns, the one. Yeah, and just the idea that all just needs a tentacle or just one thing touches you and you're just it's over. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Like that idea really terrified me. This watch, like it just, I don't. I guess I didn't realize like the like ghosts don't bother me, but in I in a world where you have ghosts that grab your spirit and eat it, like yeah, no fuck you, like no no fuck away, like ah, yeah, so like, that is just too much. Now, You're scared of the dark they, now, huh? Wait till you see what we got in store for you in this world. Like, <laughs> yeah. And this is when they get back to the city. And at this time, Hein has also, you know, while they're taking care of getting Aki stabilized and all that. Being an idiot. And uh, Al, uh, Gray is basically there for emotion, you know, spiritual support. <laughs> Grounding spirit, whatever they called it. He finally sees her dream. And now things he's seeing what makes sense. This is where we get our biggest thing about what the phantoms are. Yeah, the dream does do a good job of really letting you know, like, it. it's from that. And I yeah. I did like that. I, yeah. I can't say I didn't. Of course, at this time, Hein finds out about the dream recordings, uses that to arrest them. At least they had the decency to wait, uh, either the decency or plot armor to wait until she has recovered <laughs> <laughs> to throw them all in prison. <laughs> Because yeah, and, you know he doesn't t- he doesn't trust the deep eyes. Well, he also uses the idea that he finds the videotape of they recorded her dreams. Going, yep, she's under the influence. Lock her up. And like <sighs> I said, that is actually a valid argument that he could put. I mean, we even remember he made this. sense a couple yeah. times. This and was one so, of the times he made sense. Opening the gate did not make sense. No, but like no. you know, putting you know, taking her out of being in charge because she's infected with your enemy makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, this is why Sid, of course, had his all his notes on Gaia and Gaia theory, and he basically destroyed it because he did not want his enemies using it against him. So when Aki recorded her dream, because she wants to try and make sense of these dreams and figure out if they have a meaning, boom, that's what doomed her because her ship was impounded. <laughs> so they used that against them as well. I mean, it just gave them more tangible proof. As he says, where is the proof? Because <laughs> he can't—he knows he couldn't go on speculation alone. I mean, he's the one going. Where is the proof? Where is the proof? There's the there proof. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, there there was some of the weird stuff where I'm like, yeah, you guys are kind of weird, like what your plans are, but they're working. <laughs> and that's the pro- That was his one problem. He had to, you know, find some way to undermine even that. And while having them and, quote, using the bait, you know, the using that to at least deprioritize them, he still knows that they're going to sit on their asses on firing the damn cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, feels very realistic. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So here he does what is in his mind sensible and in a espionage type of way, conspiracy theory type of way. And not fully understanding your enemy type of way. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. So. He's a fucking idiot. He is. You can't get to general by being an idiot. I don't know, but I saw that I watched this movie, so I disagree. He's, but hey, 
You you can yeah. if the government hasn't been like really been working its ass off for the past thirty four years. <laughs> so. Like it, Hey, I yeah, also believe is, that there's a lot of people in charge of places that don't get there because they know somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand, personally, and like, yeah, it happens. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, so there is that case. But <laughs> so I took it, I'm like, okay. The, the, quote, brilliant idea, which, if you're not paying attention, he does realize he screws up. So, I have a weird question for both of you guys, and I, I want to I I show this movie to someone who's never seen it, which is probably hard, but you can probably find someone younger. Not that hard. You you see this movie, you see everything that they do, everything that's going on, and we we kind of glossed over it. But they had the dream where the meteor, the the pla- the alien planet gets blown up and a meteor hits Earth. At the same time that the main characters have the revelation, so does James Woods' character, where it's like, oh, they're ghosts. That's why they all look different. Everything else because they're ghosts. No he, fucking shit. He doesn't necessarily though come to that full conclusion. He does whenever like he opens the hole. And they, he realizes that they can phase through the walls, and like, like I guess the events. Yeah, they I, go through the, the vents. Yeah, but I think he, the idea of that was he wasn't really involved in the front lines. Like he wasn't. That's how I took it. Like you know, he was a general, but he was a desk general type thing where he wasn't you know fighting. Because if you're fighting from the sound of it, everyone's fucking dead. Like you don't win this fight. No, but he does have firsthand experience. He wasn't Remember, there when his, his family was killed. I think the way he presents it, he was. Well, I no, thought he, he comment that he was somewhere else when they died. Well, I, th- I think it more has to deal with that they never thought about the fact that they were ghosts. Like they, and I think exactly what I, what I, we 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 attribute that he attributed all their quote phasing and all that to being alien. Yeah, and, and sees them as invaders and not just an and accident. Even by all reasonable sources, I mean. So, th- like I said, this is where his thinking was, and I can get into the thinking process here. Because this is a man ravaged with, in essence, survivor's guilt. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That makes sense. So he wants to get rid of this enemy. So his biggest obstacle is proof that, well, the barrier shields work. So Sid, this is credibility to Sid. Yes, that shield that has Aki stabilized is proof that it works. (laughs) yes on a small scale but yes it is proof we have a dream which we can undermine her a little bit with but not a lot because there's too much argument we need something solid so we stage a breach we'll just cut power to one sector let enough come in so that we can go in and do the cleanup that worked out great Mm -hmm. you know but we raised it back up of course before you know we can use the excuse that he and he does use the excuse that over time it could have failed. Yeah, but I that part. Are you what, are you telling are you telling me we shouldn't have dropped Sector Seven down on Midgar? Shit, <laughs> probably not. That's a dumb idea. Just made things worse for you, anyhow. But <laughs> what happens is they spread faster than what he expects, and to make things worse, they're traveling through the power conduits, which. He didn't Nothing see coming. Survive that. He couldn't. He didn't see that coming. And as they actually reach the center, you do see it and you hear it. It's it's almost faint, but he says it. What have I done? <laughs> but he runs. He leaves he and runs. gets up to his up to his uh, you know cannon up in the sky and just leaves yeah, everybody else. <laughs> but there's also something else you didn't necessarily notice. I mean, this is when everybody's trying to get out, and of course you see the flying one wipes it out, but 
during all this, while he's starting this plan in motion, this is when they're in the cells and Aki is explaining what exactly has happened. Yeah, We've the, always thought they, it, the problem is that they've always thought them as invaders, which, given the information they had, makes sense. But what is the correlation between the ones that fight and actually show more organization than the others, the bigger ones? What's the link between them? What is the, the organizational link between them? The humanoid and part? The humanoids and the animals. And, here, and the answer is there is none. <laughs> which makes as as uh neil says steve buscemi you know this makes sense in a creepy sort of way <laughs> yeah no and i i agree with that they had <laughs> the aliens had a war on their planet they were always at war and they blew their planet up and it was at that mo- you know you got to see that that do Morgan Freeman sound right here if we had one. It was at that know. moment they knew they fucked up. <laughs> or in the because famous words of RuPaul that I hear way too much lately, don't fuck this up. Yeah, they but. they just stopped there. It's like that moment. Almost, it's like the cartoon absurd moment. And this like, is also where the movie gets very depressing, I have yeah. to say, and I want to talk about this, like, so the whole, you know, after he does that, they start, you know, they, they realize they got to get the fuck out of here. So her and the yep. team are trying to escape and, and just one by one, they just get killed. And this yeah. kind of hit me. I mean, this was like, this is sad. Like, I, I mean, I knew it was coming because I remembered this from the movie. I'm like, yeah, none of these people are making it out alive. And I'm just like, one by one, they're just taken out. I'm like, this is tough to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've, but it does throw you that curveball, even with their elimination. Yeah. And I, I enjoy, I mean, like, I do like how each of them, you know, how they each have like their their little scene where they die and they each do their thing to help Alec Baldwin's character and Aki get to the ship and get out with Sid so they can find the last spirit. Yep. That's actually where it's brilliant. I mean, as they're racing through to get to her ship, it's Bing Rames character, Ryan Whitaker, Master Sergeant, who gets injured, doesn't want anything for the pain. And then you dies. know he's pretty much dead. Oh, yeah. No, you, you knew 100 percent that's where that was going. He's like, there was no give me question. a gun. Which I thought that was good too, where he takes out one of the beasts and then he ends up, you know, getting killed essentially because something comes up from below him. Yeah, I mean, you do. basically know he's going to die, so you think it's going to be he's going to go out in a blaze of glory, detain, trying to delay these things. But that's not when it happens. That's actually kind of brilliant. So you have Neil and Jane. Working to get the stuff together. He's working to get the thing disconnected. All this time, the way they just banter. He's like the annoying troop member. And they're like, she's like, oh, please shut up kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, I want to smack you kind of thing. But what ends up happening? He finally gets the thing disconnected. They're going to get out of there. And you just, her face. It was good. It's good. And I, I appreciated that. And I think it it hit me way more than I expected or remembered in this movie. Like just all their deaths, this were they were tough. It was tough to watch and it just felt so depressing and made me want to turn off the movie. <laughs> I mean all his I mean, it sort of should have been predictable with all his talk about having little needles oh, yeah. running around. Of and course it's it was. like he's not gonna make it. Just like whenever you have people talk about, oh, we're going to have kids or I'm going to do this. And you're like, yeah, that character ain't making out of like, I really thought Hawkeye was going to die in the Avengers movie, like especially Age of Ultron, because there's so many references to it. But then he doesn't. So, yeah, same idea. 
And all of Jane getting pissed off with him, how no, she a- literally goes off. Yeah, and it makes sense. It's a ve- it's a very fitting moment too for the characters, and I I appreciated it a lot. Yeah, it just sort of shows that maybe she actually had some feelings for him. Not that I would say that he ever quote saw her in that way, but stuff like that can create all sorts of things. Yeah, uh, relationship wise, it kind of reminds me of like the old like the first couple. I want to say probably the first three Alien movies. Where you, you kind of know the, that the whole cast is there just to kind of die. But when it happens, though, you, you do at least feel bad because they're pretty cool characters. Yeah, especially like I can see I can the reference when I think of it, Vasquez and Gorman in Aliens. Mm-hmm. He finally shows his, his, his shows that he can be a fighter and he's not about to let one of his also one of his soldiers sort of uh, get caught. So basically they go out together with with a grenade. <laughs> oh, that also bring, you brought up a good point that I, I, I have to mention now is that like her death or not her death, but the character, the woman that's in here, that's part of the team really reminded me of one of the female Marines in the movie Alien. Yeah, it really <laughs> made me think I can't yeah. remember her name, nor do I want to. But it just it you're just probably really made me think of you're probably thinking of Vasquez. Really. Yes, Vasquez. Yeah. Jane Proudfoot. Yes, there is that reminiscence of Vasquez there. I will admit that now. So I thought that was I thought that was good. And then the whole and then like also when they get into the ship and they do finally scan the Earth and they're like, well, the one place we never scanned before because there's no way life could be here was the meteor. And that's where the final spirit is. Yeah. And this kind of brings us to the last part of the movie. Yeah. And that's as as they figure it's a phantom. Yeah. I this is also kind of a nerve, another nerve wracking moment. That's also like everything with it is so depressing where they're being lower down in the ship with with a barrier. You have, at the same time, you have the idiot James Woods character up getting the well, cannon ready to launch. Yeah, well, he is. It's during that time once they finally get out and you know deciding to scan the crater. He is his pod is slowly making its way to the station with the Zeus cannon, and yeah. you can actually see that he is. There is genuine remorse about what he's done. Yeah, because, well, I mean, should he killed how many millions of people in that? Yeah, city? and he's, oh. it, you know, he's basically ejecting bullets from his gun, <laughs> but leaving possibly one left in, and he puts the gun to his temple before he until he gets the notification that he's get he's almost at the station. He should have pulled the damn trigger, but <laughs> yeah, he should have in some ways. The guilt is getting at him, but you got to give him his resolve. And oh. What were you gonna say, Joe? About what? Oh, you were sorry. You were gonna make comments. I wanted to. Oh, uh, not any that I can make. That I can think of right now. Okay. <laughs> but like, just there's some things I want to talk about. Like, and you have them lowering in. I think that's a very good um, point to really bring up, like the tension of, of the scene and everything like that. And like, they're like, oh, we're not gonna have any time to, you know, do an extraction. It's like, no, we're just gonna build it, you know, right there. We're just combine the spirits. I have the other ones, and we're just gonna make it happen. And just that whole the way everything goes down. In that scene, in that part, I thought was very good. Oh yeah, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. As I say, I do feel like though the the with all this buildup that we have for the movie, because we have the beginning and this this I always feel like is the middle. Like this game, this movie actually generally has like three acts. I always feel like the third act, which is the ending of the movie as well, is a little weird and like just kind of it just kind of ends in a weird way. Okay. You have you basically see the two ideas butting heads now. Also. 
when that cannon fires, it doesn't like it isn't a cannon that like physically hurts things. It's I guess tuned because it just hurts the phantoms. I thought that was like I was like okay. I mean, it, yes, it does rock the ship. Tip it over. Don't tip it over. But it doesn't like it was just kind of odd to me. I'm like okay. I was expecting like a giant you know blast that just like rips a hole through their it, ship and everything. It doesn't. It was a kind of a dual thing because it did snap the why I think it did snap the lines. And it did, I think, destroy some of the rock of the meteor. Yes, it does do that, but it didn't come off to me as anything near like what I was thinking at first. Yeah. I mean, he was, it's like, there is a plane, there is a ship there. A ship registered to Dr. Aki Ross. Oh, well, we'll get rid of some (laughs) traitors, too. Win-win. I mean, the thing that I want to say that was his really dumb moment is as he's firing the cannon... He fires it a couple times and it says overload, overload. And he just keeps, he goes through all the trouble to get to it, to like fire again. And and all I'm thinking of is like, why don't you just wait till it cools down and then fire again after it cools down and keep using it. Don't just blow it up. And that can be answered in a very simple way. He's stupid. No, I know it's not, but when you're in that situation, you don't want the enemy time to recoup. I mean, let's face it. When we were play, when we played Doom, I don't know if you've ever played it, Joe. The new one? Any of them? Okay. But you're blasting at the thing. You don't want to give it a break. <laughs> yes. So you're I not going to necessarily drop that gun unless you are damn dry of and this ammo has to be for that the... gun, and then you got to pull out quickly, pull out the next weapon, and keep unloading, 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 unloading. <laughs> this has to be the first time anyone compared this movie to Doom. I have to say that we're, I think well, we've been a, a, a world, our first time record here. <laughs> well, it's just the situation. You're fighting this bad guy. You want to unload. You don't want to give them a chance to recover. You don't want to give them a chance to attack. No, I understand where you're coming from. I just thought it was just funny. Yeah. I, I also like to think too, as well, he's kind of on his own personal suicide mission. Like he's never really given a shit. His whole thing is just to be like, Oh, well, as long as I get the, the mission done, even if it costs me blowing myself up, but it's also kind of fucked up to be like, you know, there's like 30 other people on the ship, right? Nah, it's fine. <laughs> Not for they'll long. Go, they'll go down. They'll go down with me. It's all cool. Yeah. I also want to point out, though, that this last part that takes place in the Caspian Mountains. And I, I wonder if that, that was that's basically around southern Russia. OK. Oh. So I wonder if there was some sort of uh, thing in place to I mean, we've had New York mentioned or new New York. We've got Denver mentioned, and now we have the big cities. We're mentioning cities. We're mentioning, and I think this might have been also something to, quote, help maybe sometimes the American audiences. I mean, we're still. Or to help it have more of a worldwide approach, too. Yeah. When you spent $136 million on a movie in 2001, you really want to make sure you get your money back? Yeah. Spoiler, they didn't. But, you know, that's. Yeah. (laughs) And just like everything that kind of goes on, like as they're going through, they're trying to get the spirit. You have it get blasted by the cannon. They can't find it. So then they end up, you know, falling deeper, not by choice. But like there's a part where near the end, I think is when I think he gets I think she gets the final spirit and she's trying to put the the barrier together. The final spirit ends up being in her because she gets close enough to Gaia. And that and that also in her spirit, it also explains the dream. uh, That brief dream there. Yes. I, I I was thinking of something way stupider because uh I thought I thought it was implying she was pregnant because they kinda have like a 
confusing sex scene like five ten minutes ago. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And, and I've like never they, really thought of it uh, 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 of that as a sex scene. <laughs> well, it wouldn't make sense either because you can't get pregnant in less than an hour, you know. But yeah. there, whenever she like, I think whenever uh, I think whenever something happens and like the spirit passes through her, it kind of does go through her womb to make you think like, wait, was she pregnant this whole time? But okay, know. that's interesting. I didn't think about mm-hmm. that, but that okay. I also wasn't paying. I was playing a lot of Marvel Snap during this point, so. It's okay, I wasn't finished either. That's why I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of one of those movies. Yeah, so basically now you've got Hine firing the cannon. Ross gets through to her, to to him, about saying, you know, you can't keep doing this. You're going to harm the planet in the process. <laughs> you don't give a shit. Fuck the planet. And of course, as he says, because you have the enemy within you and they are influencing you, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing to call, to stop them. I mean, which a fair again, something. it makes sense. I mean, someone you suspect is a traitor telling you not to do something, you do it. <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing I thought was funny. Like, okay, this makes perfect sense. Like for him not to listen to her in this case. Like, yeah. So I, don't know, I thought that that was good. It's just okay. There's a part that I want to talk about when they're in the ground. I think it's before the cannon blows up. She realizes they have to use because she gets the last spirit and she wants to use this this power to plug it in and she takes his gun battery and he's like oh i need that to defend ourselves and i want to be like all i can think about in this is i'm watching like you really can't defend yourself anyway like i've been watching this movie (laughs) and like your shots are useless like what are you like and you think the gun is like you're surrounded this doesn't work you're fucking dead anyway like what does it matter yeah that's exactly (laughs) what she said i think i think remember right that's what she said this doesn't yeah. work. We're dead anyhow. <laughs> I mean, the gun doesn't. The guns aren't very good. You're in the bottom of the crater of, of you know, of the zero zeros. I can't think of the right word, but where everything like you're not getting out of this alive. Like if this doesn't oh, work, zero. Well. So I Ground thought that zero. was Ground zero. Ground zero. That was interesting, but it gets really depressing right after this again because he pretty much sacrifices himself and dies to save everyone else. I, that I thought, is the ultimate sacrifice, and he is a soldier. He must. That's in part his duty. You could almost say that he saved the earth with the spirit within. Yes, the spirit within Aki. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. I wish you were, but you are not wrong. (laughs) I mean, the cannon blows up in a spectacular way. Yeah. Okay. That was cool. And I like how the fact like one, like one of the parts of the cannon hits where he's at before he's able to fire it again. The cannon yep. really made me think of FF7 and the Mako reactor, though, too. Yeah. Yes. I, I, like I said, they use el- some of the elements they used in this have direct, you could even find direct references in other Final Fantasy games. And I mean, a lot of people would argue this was so futuristic. And I'm like, have you not played any of the Final Fantasy games? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they start out with like medieval weapons, but medieval sword, hammer. Yes, but it was more like I again when I was a kid I wanted Final Fantasy. I I didn't want this. So I mean, still. would it would it have hurt them to be using like we've got these swords? Well, I just yeah, wanted like, a sequel to a freaking game, what I wanted at the time. So yeah, and like I said, that was also part of the problems a lot of video game movies have had over the years. You either want it to be a sequel to something that exists, you want it to be like that using the storyline, but the problem is that if you keep it too close to the storyline it's predictable as fuck <laughs> and if you stray too far from the storyline it's this isn't really uh, 
this is this is fucking shit. Not even like the source material. Right. <laughs> so it's like but, find the middle ground. That's the trick. Oh, and like I, I kind of want to mention, like as and in the ending part, like when you have everything happening, you have that like he gets grabbed by the spirit while she's ho- by one of the phantoms while she's holding him, and that's how the spirit then within gets out and then in- kills all the phantoms essentially. Puts them to rest. You could say almost Aki when Aki dances, uh, people pass <laughs> on. <laughs> that was good. I have caught it. And I, I yeah. heard when Aki dances. When when Aki dances, people pass on, or whatever the line from Final Fantasy X is. Uh, yeah, he's in the video. Okay, Yuna that's dances. why I. Okay, okay, now I know. Sin shows up. Yuna dances. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, throughout all this, having watched it now having my own suffered my own personal loss, I see where Hine comes from. And while he's a bit of an ass, a bit, but yes, <laughs> I can't see him as full evil. In the end, they all want the same thing. He's more direct and is even willing to take a fair, a victory, whatever the word is, pyric victory over a plain victory. He was willing to destroy the world just to get rid of the threat. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. And then I think just, yeah, the movie ends. Yeah, yeah. The movie ends. With an appropriate imagery. I mean, yes, she's being pulled out of the crowd. I mean, Sid, the life force is coming down. He's like, it's warm, which we like to think of our Mother Earth being warm and receptive, caring. Aki's being pulled out. She's holding Gray's dead body. Understandable. They still had feelings for one another. And we see an eagle flying. And That's, if you uh, think and when you think back to when they were in the wasteland, they saw the eagle flying. Yeah, I, I thought like, that was a cool touch. What why is also, he there? He hopes. He's hoping for things to return. And it was a nice thing to end it on. It also has some kind of weird thing to do with like Japanese imagery and birds have to do with like reincarnation and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't think about that. That's cool. Well, I didn't know that. That's why I didn't think about it. But that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's this. This was an amazing. Fi- this was an amazing film. It was unfortunately too ahead of its time, <laughs> as well as falling victim to you know the close-minded expectations. And it does make sense why Roger Ebert gave this three and a half stars. If you understand what I'm saying there. <laughs> yeah. Are any last things you guys want to say, and we should go on to our last segment? Well, we should point out some things. I mean, let's face it. This movie had beautiful music. Oh, yeah. It did, yeah. I, didn't uh, really, I mean, yeah. it was composed by Elliot Goldenthal, and he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, yes, this is probably one of the few Final Fra- Fantasy projects that Nobu Obatsu didn't work on. <laughs> but we got good. I mean, Goldenthal has done, did the, mu- the music for Alien 3. Yeah. He did Batman Forever. And yes, I do not have never had that one in my uh, my library. He has collaborated with a lot of people over the years. Pet Cemetery, the uh, 1989 version, Demolition Man, oh, Interview with the Vampire. Oh yes, apparently he also did uh, the music for for Batman and Robin. <laughs> That's okay. never been released. Uh, Sphere <laughs> he did the music for, uh, the soundtrack for Sphere. Let's see. Okay, that's cool, though. Yeah, he's got a good list of credits to his name. And even the one song, The Spirits Within, and that is a beautiful song. <laughs> that, he, he, I think he did the music for that. 
and somebody else did, I think did the lyrics. I'd have to relook that one up, but it was very beautiful. And okay. I will no, admit, I agree. It's good music. I mm-hmm. also have the novelization. Uh, the novelization? Yeah. yeah, there's a novel of this. Of, you know. Written by Dean Wesley Smith. I ah. read that like a few years after I think the movie came out. It was a good read, and it really brings a little more home to the point. I mean, you got to admit, when they do novelizations, they get a little extra stuff to work with. Yeah, I, I, I like yeah, a lot of sure. times whenever people release novelizations of movies, and there's always interesting things that they put in it that are often sometimes a lot better than the movie, too. <laughs> yeah, well, they work with the like, original scripts and that. Mm. I mean, if you just going off on a little side note here, the novelization of The Masks, Mask starring Jim Carrey, the novelization has a death scene for Peggy Brandt in it. Does it? Yes. That's weird. And even the comic <laughs> adaptation had the death scene in it. Oh, yeah. But in the movie, she just takes the money and run. Yeah, they do sometimes different stuff, which is cool. Yeah. All right, and I want to start wrapping it up. I think we should. I want us to go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Richard, why don't you go first? Oh, this would definitely be a shelf. I enjoyed watching this again. I enjoyed sharing such fun details about this movie, <laughs> even with my daughter. I mean, one little thing that we didn't necessarily mention, and this is actual truth for the uh, movie, for the uh, for it, Aki Ross. I mean. On the DVD, you get to you get a copy of her photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter, my teenager, she couldn't. Well, they couldn't believe that there was boom a bikini shot. Of course, <laughs> I said this is to show what they can do with the technology and sex cells. <laughs> and yes, uh, Aki Ross is also on Maxim. Was the only fictional female, as far as I know, she was at. I'll say she was the definitely the first fictional female to make Maxim's top 100 hottest women list. Whoa, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Laura couldn't make it on that list, but Aki Ross did. Money talks. I mean, that's that's saying a lot. And I mean, the money they put into this movie, you got stuff that was years ahead of its time. If this had gone over so well, do you could you imagine? Where animation and movies would be now, uh, I mean, we'd have stuff like we would have more stuff like Avatar earlier than we got Avatar. Yeah, not that I've ever seen Avatar. <laughs> we'd have some of these car these computer generated cartoons like uh, Arcane. That would have been years ahead of. That would have been out years pro- earlier than it did. Than it. Yeah, came. we would we would have gotten a lot of other stuff much sooner had this not failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have even been farther ahead in game technology by now. Yeah, this, this looks like this predates the whole, like, what, what was what ended up being really expensive? Uh, L.A. Noir. Yes, L.A. Noir, yeah. another one that bombed terribly and took way too long to make. Yeah. yeah. This just told people we weren't ready for the technology, <laughs> which is a <laughs> shame. But this definitely should go on a shelf. This is unfortunate for its box office performance this is a work of art agree (laughs) okay and joe what about you i really like this movie i watched it with uh, my husband and we had a pretty okay time with it we're kind of like halfway paying attention though but i believe this movie as as hipstery and old man it sounds i also agree 
it's uh ahead of its time i would put this on the shelf like if this had come out maybe if this had come out maybe three years ago or before covid people would have eaten this up people would have loved it it would have, it wouldn't have yep. made box office numbers but it would have been at least as good as a better than it would have been better than most of the bad marvel movies <laughs> yeah so that's fair okay and i'll go last i'm gonna put this on the stack i had a i enjoyed watching it again i don't think i need to see it again for a very long time <laughs> but it wasn't bad it's just you know it's different but i wasn't i enjoyed going back to it. i'm glad that you brought it up to give me a reason to rewatch this after all these years so thank you <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up too. It gave me a chance to finally be on a film episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm putting, yeah, I'm definitely putting this back. But I'm really, I am glad that we find, and also something I've been wanting to do on the show forever. So I'm glad that finally got it done. So one of those things. All right, and Rich, where can people find you at? Well, like I said, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Rich Kale, where I've got game playthroughs, fic readings, uh, other games that I've been working on. I got so much stuff up there. I mean, I'm working through, well, Wednesday mornings, you'll see me working my way right now through Final Fantasy VII. Maybe still working my way through it. Maybe I've gotten through with it. Maybe. Don't bet on it. <laughs> but it's Final Fantasy, definitely. This was, I enjoyed doing this episode, and I enjoy playing the games that go up on the channel. And we're pro- and you probably heard me, pro- yeah, this was, comes up in if this, if this is Sometime going up May, May yeah. Oh, you'll have hear you'll hear me saying some some stuff about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, we do have a couple other Final Fantasy episodes. You'll see a link in the show notes. There aren't many, but there's a couple that we've covered. So definitely go check those out. There's over 450 other episodes of Games My Mom Thon. You can find everything on Podbean. And you can search on Podbean. Just you, you click on our website. You can go and you can search out particular games you want to find. Or episodes, I should say not game, but game episodes, however you want to word it. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Want to give it a give it a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has for you. you can follow her on TikTok. And want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40s. Definitely go check him out too. And if you enjoyed this episode, do have a Patreon. If you want to support our show, those are the dollars you can vote in our Patreon polls. We have one each month. Uh, we do have a Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes. You can join that also and chat with us. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, all. Yeah.